Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Woo! Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast, Sports Extra. Sports Guy JP. Sports Guy JP, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. I'm happy to have seen a Steeler victory as well as a Ravens defeat simultaneously. So that's always off to a good start. That's always so huge, the divisional wins. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cincinnati lost two this past week. Um, Cleveland was on by, so everything that needed to happen happened. Absolutely. That is definitely a positive. You like to see a win. Uh, I didn't expect a win uh, going into the game at all with uh, Baltimore. But uh, I'm pleased with how it ended. What do you think about the? Uh, we'll we'll start with the with the big call at the end, the two point conversion call by John Harbaugh. Uh, I, I like the call, but it's always that you know the old saying that you know if you make it, it's a good call. If you miss, it's a bad call. Um, if I was in Harbaugh shoes, I would have gone for two as well. Uh, Baltimore seemed to have been getting outplayed um, physically, despite what the scoreboard said. Um, yeah. He noted himself that. His cornerbacks were injured, so he made, you know, short to end the game there instead of going into overtime. So I think when you consider everything, it was the right call. It was just poorly executed um, by Baltimore. I think T.J. Watt made a hell of a play on it, and uh, Lamar just put the ball out too far for Andrews. If Andrews catches that, he walks in. I agree almost 100% with everything you said. I did hear the thing about Harbaugh with the corners being depleted, so not wanting to take it to overtime. Um and, and I I mean, the play call worked pretty much. I mean, it hit Andrews in the hand. Lamar, if he puts that on him, Andrews walks in. Yeah, and it's tough to call. I don't know if it was an overthrow necessarily because I, I really do believe T.J. Watt made a play on made a great play on it by interfering and jumping up, getting his arms up. Yeah. He has those long arms. Um, his brother was known for batting balls line scrimmage. J.J. Um, Swat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, JJ, that brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about the special teams captain. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about uh, the Vron Haynes of this generation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they have two fullbacks? They had Kreider and Haynes on the, on the team. Didn't they also have Kimiatu? Did they have three? <laughs> yeah. Although Kimiatu, or uh, what was it? Chris Fumatamalafala. That's who Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Chris Wanamal fall and Jerome Bettis, who was also a fullback who played running back. Yeah. They had some big <laughs> bruisers back then. But uh Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, nowadays, I mean um not not the, you know, running backs you see in today's NFL outside of Derrick Henry, but yeah, Steelers were packing. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry is probably almost half a foot taller than Jerome Bettis. A very different kind of compact. Yeah, and his uh average yards per carry is much better. Yeah. <laughs> Does Jerome Bettis have the, the lowest yards per carry of Hall of Fame running backs? I'm pretty sure he did. I think he did when he got in. I'm assuming that record still stands. <laughs> what a record to have. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's best to be the worst of the best than the best of the worst. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd rather be a Hall of Famer than not be a Hall of Famer. Right, so. absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of special teams, how that uh, Presley Harvin punt was a hell of a punt. Uh, you don't like to see the Ravens 
go right down the field. Not that they like immediately scored, but they you know going ninety nine yards is not really good for a defense. I'll put it that way. Can't yeah, say it's simpler. Yeah, great punt, pinning them deep, and Baltimore executed on the drive. It was uh, definitely more impressive than the punts we saw on Monday night in that windstorm with Buffalo, New England. There was um, a punt that went for fifteen. I saw. Oh wow! Yeah, um, it was. I heard wind gusts up to like 50 some miles an hour. Yeah, it was a mess. That's <laughs> it to put it lightly. Um, I did not like to see New England winning being that I put money on the Chiefs finishing first. Uh, like <laughs> like you advised. Well, it's one thing like when another team has the lead, maybe they lose. But when New England gets in, they're a tough team to beat right now. I can't I'm believe up on New England right now. I can't believe how quickly like New England was down for like a year. At least Buffalo now knows their place. They're the younger brother that gets bullied. They're they're right back to it. <laughs> AFC East is now Belichick's again. Yeah, well, I, I'm interested to see when the Dolphins and the Jets are ever going to make it. The Dolphins haven't really been relevant in my watching of football. Like since 2003, have the Dolphins really ever had a team that anyone was afraid of? Uh, not since Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, this year, I mean, they put together what a, they're on what, a six game win streak at the moment. They're playing good football as of lately. It just may be a little bit too late, but, um, too late. Yeah. <laughs> Tua um, <laughs> has the highest completion among quarterbacks, um, uh, heading into last week. Um, and I mean, he's just start taking what the defense gives him going underneath. Um, I'm critical of him, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend him this year, despite, the uh, offensive line struggles Miami's had, as well as their wide receivers. They didn't really have any big-name ones, but, I mean, rookie Jalen Waddles making plays underneath. And, um, you know, it's uh, Dink and Dunk, and, uh, you know, he's efficiently moving the ball. So, I mean, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt so far. Some of these wide receivers that have been drafted in the first round the, the last couple of years have really panned out compared to a lot. You usually see quite a few busts. Yeah, even in fantasy, like football, if you look at um, drafting a rookie wide receiver team, you know, commissioners and owners are just way more confident in doing so because it seems like getting the receivers involved early in their careers is just something that all offenses want to do and, you know, catch those guys up to speed because they're going to be a crucial part to how teams move the ball in this day and age. How do you uh, – let's get back to the Steelers. How, what's your overall take from the game? Um, uh, To be honest with you, I thought it was – one of the best game, probably the best game they've played all season. Um, haven't said it. They're still six five and one. I don't expect them to go above five hundred. I'm thinking five hundred is my cutoff. This is just typical Steelers. Um, you want to write them off, and they remain competitive. Um, they play to their level of competition. This week they played a good team and won by a point. Like you just never know with this team when they're written off. And that... What Mike Florio was saying it all week. He said. I think Baltimore will win, but there's I've covered this team for decades. They get written off and they come back and win. And, um, you know, I was kind of in his boat. I was like, you know what? I think that maybe they can hang in there, but I wasn't expecting a victory over Lamar Jackson. And they did it. And despite what the scoreboard said, it looked like it was in pretty dominant fashion. Yeah. I was doing a different podcast on Sunday, so tune into that on the Damn It Danny podcast. You can hear me sound stupid. I got so nervous because I was never a guest on a podcast, so I kind of just like immediately started rambling and talking about things in the room. 
<laughs> but uh, tune into that for sure. But um, I I missed most of the game. <laughs> what, what part of that advertisement was so interesting that I want to go watch that? What? <laughs> uh, I, I was horrible. I was nervous. I was complimenting on things. That were no, it was. I think it was probably pretty funny. I mean, like I just I. I'm used to just like being the one kind of in control, so I feel like I I might have uh, just over over talked, but uh, yeah, I think it was funny, so it's worthwhile. But anyway, it interrupted the Steeler game, um, and I did get to see some of the, the end of it. Uh, we watched it after we recorded, but um, I, I watched some of the highlights, and the highlights that I saw that really caught my mind in the fourth quarter uh, were both from play action. Yeah, that deep cross by uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, it was Ben under center, play action fake. Got him crossing the field. Chase Claypool takes it up the field. And then on that Deontay Johnson touchdown that he was wide open for. Uh, he was under center, play action fake. Then he pumped it. That's one thing Roethlisberger's done better than anyone in his career is hit people on that pump. And he just hit Deontay Johnson, who's wide open, who seems to pr- get open. He seems to be a pretty good route runner. Yeah, you mentioned a few things that I definitely wanted to compliment on throughout the game. Um, the play action was great. Ben finished 7 of 9 for 129 and a touchdown off play action. Alone. Oh, I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, um, there was also the play where Romo um, on commentary said that there was a safety who came down one day. I can't remember if it was on a, I think it was a run play. They just booted the single safety for Baltimore to stop the run. And he said immediately, like, next down, you got to call play action if the safety cheats up. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, it was just great to finally see Roethlisberger getting comfortable and taking control. Is the first time it seemed like he took command of the offense. I yeah. think that a lot of what Matt Canada is trying to do, he's trying to bring, like, a 21st century feel, which I, I think is, like, good when you have the players to do that. Yeah. I don't think... His, you know, motion or whatever he's trying to do is tricking anybody right now. Yeah. And I think that putting the game on Ben's shoulders, um, you see glimpses of Ben still looking great when he calls. I don't know if he's calling the plays, but when they run no huddle or up tempo, Ben just seems to get in this rhythm that I've seen even in the order stages of his career. And I think that this weekend's Baltimore. I don't know if it was this is my final game at Heinz Field, most likely against this team. I have to win this football game. Yeah. I think that could have been part of it. He went 13 of 18 for 156 and two touchdowns in the second half alone. And um, to touch on what you said again. That's pretty I think, good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He just went off. He hit that two-point conversion to Fryermuth on a drill. He drilled that on a line over the defender. I was going to say, I, that's what I was going to co- comment on um, for – you know, when you're worrying about a quarterback who's aging and might not have it all uh, on the ball, all the zip, uh, he hit that that out, which is going to be what, that one of the hardest throws to do, and he needs to put that on him. I thought it was a hair behind, but it got out there. Yeah, and if Ben's going to go out, I know he's considering retiring. There's multiple sources saying this is likely as last year. I'm, I'm happy if I saw one more glimpse of, of great Roethlisberger. It was his last home game against the Ravens. Um, it, it, he just, it was a um, Hall of Fame career. And I was, you know, I, I feel like that's how everyone wanted him to go out in yeah. Pittsburgh against that team. They, um, Harbaugh and Tomlin, I saw since that was, 
their 31st meeting or, you know, around their 30th yeah. meeting. And they were nearly 500. I think Tomlin might have a game or two games on them now in the series. So yeah. it's a back and forth series. And I was happy just to see, you know, one more spark in Ben's game. And he took that game over in the second half and particularly in the fourth quarter where they scored 17 points. Yeah. You have to love Steeler Ravens games. That, those are always the best. Mm-hmm. And it's we see a new generation now, though. With um, you you, you know, it's um, it seems like Roethlisberger is like the last great player of the era, and now it's like of, I don't know of the former era of the Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu, mm-hmm. Ray Lewis. And now it looks like it's just a different set of guys. I wonder if we'll see the same physicality moving forward. If they'll be the same. They'll both remain competitive, you know, yeah. but, you know, as a last, you know, farewell for Roethlisberger, I was excited to see that. Yeah. And um, touching on what you said earlier, another thing, too, I think Deontay Johnson, um, beginning of the year when I said that all these wideouts, I felt like we're a little overrated. Um, Deontay Johnson is playing phenomenal. And um, despite, you know, Claypool, Juju, I think he has surpassed them tremendously as a route runner holding on to the football getting open and just making plays um ben was finding his guys in space this past week 70 percent of his yards were after the catch um yeah and over 100 of them were to johnson alone including the touchdown i think johnson has cemented himself as the number one a few years ago people were hoping to get juju to do that when he left and then people were hoping claypool would do it I, i don't see Claypool or Juju necessarily as the guy. So they can be a complimentary piece to yeah. Johnson. That's going to serve them best moving forward. And one thing I will say about Johnson compared to, you know, some of the other guys, sometimes he never seems like he's not trying. He does, you know, mess up occasionally drop the ball fumble or whatever, but it seems like he does get back in there and, and you know, get his mind right to make a play. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Ben seems to have developed a relationship with him, too, where that's his number one target. He trusts him the most. Uh, He's cut down on the drops tremendously this year. I think he dropped one against Baltimore this past week. That was only his second on the year. Um, And I think most importantly, uh, he's not he's here. He's here to play football like he was a guy drafted with a similar skill set as Antonio Brown when he left. Um, They brought him in to do it. And while he's not putting up the numbers, A.B. did. He still looks like he could be a Pro Bowl caliber player um, in a year or two. Although um, comparing every receiver that comes in to AB, I mean, Antonio Brown, as much as people may not like him here, he was he's probably the best Steelers wide receiver of all time. Yeah, absolutely. And he was the best receiver of the past decade um, in a pass-friendly league. And there were times, and thinking about the Ravens games, I remember some where, like, it was a deep like out to AB for the first down on a big play, and he would just make those combat catches. He would make incredible catches. AB yeah, was like, a beast. He, he would come down with the jump balls, even at under six feet tall. Um, the comeback routes, the screen game, what he could do in the return game. Um, everything about his game was just the best, I felt like, at anyone to play the position in that era. Um but um, having said that with um, who we have today, what I wanted to say was I think most importantly is Deontay Johnson um, has a head on his shoulders. These guys, other guys, Claypool, um, Juju. I don't like the whole I'm a social media star, the whole Browns will get clapped next week, the whole let's play music at practice <laughs> BS. Um, no, 
Deontay. Do Johnson you think they played that this week, and that's why they bounced back? <laughs> yeah, they were listening to um, oh, what's like uh, Le'Veon Bell's rap, and he have a rap. Yeah, juice yeah, him and Ike Taylor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, Deontay Johnson's not about me. It seems like he wants to play ball, whereas Claypool is more about running deep, not catching the ball. And then, you know, we credit him with numbers because he makes one big play every four weeks. Juju hasn't been good since AB was absorbing double coverage from him. And, you know, it's just, you know, I I think Deontay Johnson, like it's horrible that we live like in a society right now where we have to credit people for acting normal. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like that's a good thing, but yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Deontay Johnson (laughs) uh, for that. I mean, uh, that's not saying nothing, like, <laughs> like anymore, like you're saying. Right, yeah, like, shout out to... Uh, for being a James professional. Washington for saying nothing, but double shout out to Deontay Johnson for being able to also play well and say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, I think, too, um, another a big, big deal this week was that music comment that Claypool made that definitely pissed Tomlin off and definitely pissed. Um, I know Cam Hayward was, yeah. I listened to, to that interview. Some sort of accountability for once, maybe. Yeah. I'm sure a conversation was made. I I love Cam Hayward. I, I think he's he's the unquestioned leader on that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was just like, yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tomlin was like, you play receiver, I'll coach. And, uh, he also made another com- or comment. I keep I feel like I've been saying compliments of comment this entire show. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> he did reference um, about how like some of the guys um, today, yeah, he said guys that have been here understand the standards in the past, but you know, the guys have a better understanding of the guys in the room right now about what it takes to be a stealer. And I guess like, I mean, he has to take some responsibility on that. So, um, you know, it's good to see that I think Tomlin's at least being more aware this past week. And it showed on the field. They were the much more physical team. I think that they knew what was at stake, not only for playoff implications and what was like, these are grown men who are the best in the world at what they do. And like, when you get mocked and embarrassed the way they have in the past few weeks, yeah. And now you're playing your division rival. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, teams respond, you know, and the Steelers responded this week. Well, hopefully they can string that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, uh, TJ Watt alone had 11 pressures and three and a half sacks. Yeah, he really looked like the defensive player of the year. Yeah, absolutely. He's now leading the league in sacks with 16. That's while missing two games. Um, he plays those two games and the rest of the season. He could easily set the sack record. We'll see how it ends up. Um, but, yeah, the team had seven sacks, and they had 33 pressures on Lamar Jackson. Oh, wow. And Ben was only pressured five times on, you know, the contrary. Offensive line played well for Pittsburgh, and they got after Lamar, yeah, 33 pressures. That's that's what you need to see. That's when the Steelers are at their best, when they can get some pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Warmly had two and a half sacks too. Uh, Mick Fitzpatrick had an interception, um, second game in a row with one. So yeah, hopefully Mink is turning together. it on too. If if we could get T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and Minka Fitzpatrick to all play at their top, and maybe we can get a cornerback. Is Joe Hayden still with us? 
Yeah, I'm hoping Hayden's coming <laughs> back. So he's someone we need down the stretch. We got uh, Minnesota this week. Uh, Justin Jefferson is number one against main coverage. Or, yeah, I saw against main coverage all year. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, and Thielen on the other side is no slouch. Mm-hmm. Thielen got hurt this past week. I'm not sure about his status coming back. Oh, no way. Having said that, if Joe Hayden doesn't, we, we don't, they don't have a single guy who's covering number 18 out there. Yeah. If, uh huh, they're going to have to absorb double coverage on him, especially if Dalvin Cook's still out. Um, Alexander Madison is the best backup running back, arguably, in the league, so you can't take him lightly. Um, but Minnesota and Pittsburgh, I feel like, are two teams that play their level of competition. And that is we'll true. We'll, we'll see which, which level they decide, they agree on. Pre-game, if they want to both yeah. be good or both be garbage. Yeah, Thursday night. These are the two teams in the NFL L, who uh, didn't win against the Lions. Um, yeah. Well, I guess the, the Vikings are one and one against the Lions. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah well, you, I guess they have the same kind of record then as the Steelers. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, their record is one whatever and one, and both those ones came against these teams playing on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Minnesota lost me some money in a survivor poll, so I'm rooting for Pittsburgh this week. Extra. Oh, no. Yeah, that was disappointing. There was (laughs) about 50 people, and I came in second because they couldn't beat a team that couldn't beat anybody. I, uh, on my fantasy team, I forgot I had Kirk Cousins in for, uh, uh, I could, Kyler Murray, I can never remember. And Kyler Murray, I think, had more points at halftime than Kirk Cousins got me. But uh, before we move on to the next game, I, I would like to comment that had it not been for a pass interference call, Patrick Queen would have had an interception. I, I did see that. I was going <laughs> to text you to let you know, and then he he, he didn't return it, so I decided, uh, we'll, we'll just wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did have that turnover, though. I, I did see that as a point. Or Yeah, I did see that, and I was... I, I was almost hoping it was going to stand. <laughs> you know? I, I know I was. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want want him to get a pick at that point in the game. But I guess I want as good as it could have gone because he kind of got one, even though. What count. was your take on a little side note here on Kenny Pickett's fake slide? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I meant to write that down and I couldn't remember. Um, Slippery slope. Um, It is a slippery slope. I, 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 I think I liked argument, I liked it because I wanted Pitt to win, but I think it's kind of a uh, bush league move. I do too. I think that that role is designed to protect him, and he took advantage of it. Yeah, for, for a role like that, like you're really setting it up for you know everyone mm-hmm. to hate you. Or, for now or you set a new role where like that fake slide is absolutely allowed in the league, but you are at full risk if you get hit doing that. Right. Yeah. Like, I, obviously, the guy's laid off because they thought he was going to slide. And Yeah. When you in. saw, I mean, three guys stopped. Mm-hmm. And and that it's, is, and it's not fair. Like, and I I see both sides. Because Kenny, he didn't go that far down. But, like, you know, he did do mm-hmm. do the juke move. Like, the, the you know. The weak I saw leg. Mark Madden like said that he thought it was like kind of a uh, BS move, and Pickett responded to him on Twitter. Oh, really? What he say? Which was pretty funny. Um, I don't know the details. Maybe I could find it. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was it was just funny to see the whole situation go down. Um, 
I yeah, because I've always thought about fake sliding, and I always thought it was like physically, like it would look stupid. So I'm I'm super impressed with Kenny Pickett for being able to pull that off physically. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I uh, when there when it's such an emphasis on not touching the quarterback, you know, they let him go because they're like, okay, I don't want to hit him too hard and stuff like that to slide. When you initiate the slide. I think that might be where they draw the line now. Plays mm-hmm. dead. You initiated a slide. Everyone get you. When you initiate the slide, should that be when the play is done or when the knee touches down? Right, right. So Maybe they might question that going up. forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Um, there's also something like, is he going to play in the Peach Bowl this year now that his NFL stock is up? Uh, Would Pro you? Football Focus released a mock draft and had Kenny Pickett third to Houston. Oh, no way. I think it's incredibly early, and um, I would not is, pick him. Is he the uh, first quarterback? He or? was the first one off the board. Uh, the the two big ends, um, Michigan. Hutchinson, yeah, Hutchinson from Michigan. Yeah, and um, I'm not even going to attempt the other guy's last name <laughs> from Oregon. But, um, yeah, they're one and two, and they'll end up going one and two in the draft. Um, but Pickett, yeah, went third, I think. I think some NFL prospects are a little bit higher on Pickett than I am, which means, I mean, that's a good thing. So I'm hoping yeah. that obviously he He kind of looks like an NFL quarterback. Yeah, in a way he does. He has like a little bit of a mobile sense to him, but he's running to throw. He's naturally more of a pocket passer, but he is an athlete. He's He seemed to move, and maybe I'm just so used to watching Ben Roethlisberger not be able to move. That when or I saw Kenny Pickett take off, being any functional, <laughs> yeah. When <laughs> when I saw him take off, I was impressed with that. He, I mean, I saw a little bit in the second half of the Syracuse game. I mean, anybody who beats Dan Marino's record, who is possibly one of the best passers to ever play the game, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Not that that's going to translate to the NFL, but right, yeah. Pickett's played so long too. Um, I think four year starter. Yeah. So he has um. You know, the experience, uh, Every any record he set, like, he has resurrected pit football, it seems like, this year. Unfortunately, it's his senior year and he's leaving. But, I mean, in my lifetime in watching football, Pitt's never had a quarterback graded like this heading to the NFL. So, I'm excited. I'm rooting for him. He's a Heisman finalist. Um, he does not deserve to win it, though. Bryce Young, absolutely, in my opinion, is the winner. He deserves it, but I'm rooting for Peckett. Yeah, I think that would be cool to see. Although, you know... Pit, pit players have been known to be screwed out of the Heisman, Jason White. Larry Fitzgerald absolutely deserved it, and I'm going to my grave saying that. People, uh, Pitt always gets the guys, too, who are good prospects that end up like the best player in the NFL. Revis, Fitz, Aaron Donald, uh, Shady McCoy. So, like, Andy Lee. never know. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe he's better than we think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, where I'm excited to see where he goes. I, I, uh, We'll say if he three seems steep. I agree with that. That seems too high. Houston's not doing that. Although I, I feel also like, saw another one where Cleveland picked him. Uh, yeah, I saw that too. I guess they're they're done on Baker. Although I I mean maybe they they see something that I don't. I don't watch the Browns all the time, obviously. But when do you see a guy who wins you a playoff game the next year, like already like, you know, getting rid of him, especially a, an organization who hasn't had a quarterback for. This is Bernie, Bernie, Bernie Kozar. Yeah, it's just, 
how the league is today. I think Browns think they're a good team. They can compete, but Baker is what he is. His ceiling's not very high. So let's get a better one. Let's let Stefanski, you know, develop a quarterback and see what we can do. And let's be smart about this because quite frankly, Baker Mayfield alone is better than I thought. I didn't think it was a good pick from the get-go, but being as it is, he's the best quarterback in, uh, since Otto Graham of the team. So yeah. <laughs> maybe Kozar, like you mentioned. But Kozar um, took him to an AFC championship, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, two of mm. them. So I, I would go Kozar over Baker. But Bake, since the uh, return of the Browns, Baker's put everyone else to shame. Have you seen them he, both in the He new- actually just broke Ben Roethlisberger's record for <laughs> wins in Cleveland. So. <laughs> Congratulations to him. We're only talking about four years. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, everyone else. I mean, Ben's probably distantly in second, too. Like, whoever's in third probably isn't even close. Do you it's think Colt McCoy, who's now won more games in Arizona than he did in Cleveland? I was going to say, do you think Ben Roethlisberger has more wins in Cleveland than any single Cleveland quarterback anywhere? Like, does that make sense to you? He yeah, has so to have like, more wins in, in Cleveland than Charlie Fry has career wins. That yeah, he probably does. I mean, Char- Charlie Fry, you figure, has what five wins? <laughs> yeah. nah, I, I mean, know. Derek yeah. Anderson might give him a run for his money, but what Seneca Wallace among uh, the ones drafted by Cleveland, probably, unless yeah. like, like you got, said, like, Colt you know, McCoy, Jason, Brady Quinn, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> that might be something we should look into, yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about the Steelers in the week coming up, they're playing Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night, short week um, against the Vikings. I think they're an evenly matched team, but the Vikings have more upside. But they play their level of competition, like I've said. Steelers are plus three this week. Um, it's tough. It, it's so tough because I just see inconsistent play on both teams. The Steelers um, are getting three points. They are. And are they playing in Minnesota? Yes, in Minnesota. Uh, I guess that's why they seem pretty equally matched. I like where the Steelers are moving more than the Vikings right now, which I'm so a, surprised to say. In in a dome, um, I think that they should be able to move the ball much more effectively than, let's say, it was a cold-weather game in Minnesota. Um, I, I think that uh, the Steelers, at the moment, I would take um, to win the game. Yeah. I just don't say that with much confidence. Yeah, like, um, we, like we said, it could go one of those – I mean – Stephon Diggs, or you know, so um, I didn't mean Stephon Diggs. Justin Jefferson, I'm just seeing Stephon Diggs catching over the Saints. As soon as I hear the Vikings, <laughs> it's always like the image that I have. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, I, I could see him just you know three touchdowns. Yeah, I, I uh, they're but they're they rank one and two as defenses on in sacks. Um, so they'll get after the quarterback. Um. Minnesota, uh, Brian O'Neill, their right tackle from Pitt, uh, b- big fan of his at Pitt. Um, he just got a new deal a few weeks ago, so he's playing good football. I, I'm interested to see how he matches up against TJ Watt. Um, so, yeah, I want to see how well he protects. Um, but, you know, if Dalvin Cook out and maybe Thielen won't go, um, I want to see what their identity is. Um, They've been giving the ball to Justin Jefferson significantly these past few weeks. He's played phenomenal. I want to know if the Steelers can limit him, keep Madison in check, because he is not a slouch either. 
And I think the Steel the Steelers at the moment have a better defense than Minnesota. And I think that if they can execute the game plan, do not turn the ball over, run the football, play defense. That's what they have to do. Vikings are a team that will play their level of competition, and I think the Steelers can get a victory by, you know, a field goal. I agree. I think if they can shut down Jefferson or contain him so that he's not the one beating them and forcing other guys to make plays, as well as establishing a run or, you know, that run presence that can open up the play action, hopefully we see more of that. Um, I think that they can win. Yeah, and that's it was something I made a comment I made last week was how Baltimore is a or a uh, run heavy team, and I think that matches up better with the Steelers, um, rather so than the big plays. Like that's why they just didn't match up with Cincinnati. It's yeah. a little bit of a concern this week because I do see Minnesota more as a team using Justin Jefferson in those situations to take the shots downfield. But with Thielen out, hopefully there's not a complimentary piece. And they can zero in on Alexander Madison and Justin Jefferson as the two uh, key playmakers for Minnesota. All right, sounds good. So we're thinking Steelers p- come out of this with a victory, and that will put them. Do we know who else plays the division? Who Cincinnati plays? Uh, Cincinnati is um, who is Cincinnati playing? Uh, I know Baltimore is playing Cleveland. Okay. So that would be a big matchup. And then, yeah, I just double-checked. Um, 49ers, so 49ers and Bengals. Okay. Well, 40, so 49ers, yeah, 49ers win would be better. That could be a win. And That's then an NFC team taking an AFC one. That would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got uh, Baltimore. I don't know who I'd rather win that, though, because I don't know if the Steelers can chase the division if they do beat Baltimore again or if they, we should just settle on the wild card and hopefully Cleveland gets eliminated. I can't see the Steelers winning enough to take over the division. Nah, I don't either. It would take another win against Baltimore, obviously, and then another one. I mean, I go. We'll see. We we will definitely see. But yeah, I I don't know. Like I said, and I still feel like you know you go up and down with the wins and the losses. I still feel like they're a five hundred team. Like I was saying that before the year, and I would even err on the side of that the eight and nine going into it. Although now that they have the tie, I can you know they can go eight eight and one. I, I agree. They're a 500 team. When they're when they play dominant football, it's always the defense who is dominant, and the offense hangs on by a thread. I don't think they have an offense that's gonna, you know, um, get them over the hump by any means. Um, yeah. They're a 500 team. All right, you want to get into some of your picks then? Sure. Oh, one last thing before we get into that, I was watching, like I said, the Sailors highlights, and the Tampa Bay uh, Atlanta game came on after some of the highlights from that. Uh, like, I would say it was like a three-minute video. I would say like 40 seconds at the end was just Tom Brady and Rob, Gronk- Rob Gronkowski talking to each other. Like, there was no mic. You couldn't hear anything. It was just video of them talking because they thought that was 30 seconds worth of highlight. <laughs> Although, I guess if Atlanta's playing, there can't be too many. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, one uh, point I want to make before I announce the picks, too, is as we go into December football here, one thing to take a note of for um, gambling, in my opinion, and I uh, fired in on New England on Monday night and won. Um, weather is going to get bad. Look to look at the unders and the um, over-unders. We see uh, wind was a factor on Monday, but, I mean, snow and conditions are going to get worse. So look for more unders in the games. Uh it's easier to run the ball and much tougher to throw the ball in those conditions. Yeah. So 
look for uh, more physical teams to win football games and look for more unders to hit than average. Yeah, and probably on, on the outdoor games, obviously. If you're playing in New Orleans, it might not also range. Right, right, obviously. Yeah, because they were playing in Buffalo. Um, yeah. And the win factor, I mean, uh, New England has a better line, better run game, and a better defense, despite them still being an underdog. Yeah. You get them plus three with the weather conditions, that's an easy victory. I think the average fan's not used to, like, weather conditions in Buffalo at that point because the Bills haven't been relevant for the last 20 years or since the 90s, really. And I, they don't play primetime games. No one was watching, you know, Sunday night football with the Bills until, you know, a year or two ago. So right. I think maybe this is kind of newer. People aren't used to, oh, there's 50 mile an hour or whatever. And yeah, snow. yeah. And and now, I mean, where like, does yeah, it snow more, more than exposure, that? Exposure. People are realizing, um, you know, maybe playing up in Buffalo, or you know, even in Green Bay, you know, something like that, where it's just pouring snow, it's going to be tough. And more exposure to it will show, um, you know, how the conditions affect the game overall. Josh Allen was whipping the ball through the wind. Um, didn't play particularly great, but I mean, if there's a guy who could throw the ball through those conditions, it's guys like Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen's a good Buffalo quarterback. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the big arm talent, Aaron Rodgers, too. Um, yeah, yeah, so like I said, we'll look for uh, more unders to hit. Let's get into the picks then. Um, we'll start with number one. Number one. All right, I'm going to take the Saints this week, minus five and a half against the Jets. Um, Saints are on a five-game losing streak. There's not much to compliment as of late, but I think they're going to rebound, get a victory. Um, and the Jets, this isn't so much of me liking the Saints. Um, even though Taysom Hill is coming off a poor week, I still like the switch to him because of his mobility. I think that he brings an element to the game that you're not going to see. If Trevor Simeon's there, yeah, uh, even though he's a little bit more reckless, uh, I like him for the big play capability um, against the Jets, who allow thirty point six points per game, which is dead last in the NFL, and they're dead last in takeaways versus giveaways. So they have um, nine takeaways as a defense and twenty five giveaways as an offense, oh, minus wow. sixteen. Oh, wow. uh, that is first in the NFL, um, and. Of uh, Corey Davis is now out for the season. Um, I, I think the Saints are a better team, and I think the Jets have struggled all year. Even Zach Wilson um, just hasn't been comfortable all season. I think the Saints win this. Much better coach against a first-year coach as well. The Jets are another team that just seems like they're constantly mediocre. And they, they might make a playoff run here and there, you know, with Mark Sanchez. But then, you know, the butt fumble or something happens. Or you lose. I mean, there were a couple playoff games the, the Jets played. With the Steelers, even, there was the, the famous Doug Bryan game where he missed the kicks. Yeah, the, the, they're a franchise right now. They're, they're in rebuild for the next few years at least. Um, they think they have their quarterback, but, I mean, they don't have, you know, a line to protect him or a defense to get the ball. Yeah. You know. All right, let's go to... Number two. Number two, uh... I'm one to know while I take Atlanta. I don't like to take Atlanta, but I'm going to take Atlanta this week. Who are they um, playing? Atlanta is plus three against Carolina. And what makes it um, like Atlanta? Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the their first matchup, um, that's when Carolina 
Uh, they won by a couple points, but they were still, you know, Sam Darnold was still the quarterback. It looked like they were trending in the right direction. Now that we've seen Carolina play more throughout the season, I I like Atlanta better at this point. I think they're a better team. At week um, four, everybody was in love with the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I like their secondary, but outside of that, I mean, they're struggling. Um, Joe Brady was just fired. They have a new offensive coordinator this week. Um, Cam Newton last week against Miami went five of 21, 92 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Did anybody uh, think that him coming back to play was actually going to work out? I thought it was more of a publicity stunt than anything. I just, I would have kept PJ Walker in and just seen what he could do. Um, Cam Newton's past his prime now and he went five of 21. He completed three more balls than Mac Jones did on Monday night. Mac Jones threw three passes on Monday night. Oh my god! <laughs> Mac Jones went two or three on Monday night because of the weather. I didn't Came know that stat. Five of twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, New England's offensive line. I tell you, players of the game, running backs, looking great. Yeah, Mac Jones three pass attempts and got a victory over Josh Allen That's on crazy. the road. <laughs> Who needs Tom Brady? Yeah, Mac yeah. Jones has been. I, I'm a fan. I like him. He's rookie of the year, in my opinion. <laughs> Who'd have thunk that though? Yeah, he's definitely past Jamar Chase in my opinion. He's the rookie of the year. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, to Atlanta. Um, also in their first matchup, Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson both only had nine carries apiece in the first matchup. Um, didn't get many yards out of it. Um, plus, like um, Mike Davis at the time, they thought was their back. I think they've established Cordell Patterson is not only our running back, but he is our best player on offense. We're gonna make him the guy um, that we're going to run our offense. I've had, I've had Mike Davis on my fantasy team all year. I know what Mike Davis is. Yeah. <laughs> and we all know that Cordell Patterson is just the better play. Yeah. He is a receiver who moved to strictly returner to special teams, and now he's a starting running back, number 84. Do you see <laughs> kind of him as more of a speed of finesse? Not that he is, but kind of Josh Cribbs style. Yeah, you just give him the ball in space. He's just and let a him make guy a play. who knows how to run and play football and hard nosed. I always like right. Josh Cripps. Yeah, yeah, I was a big Cripps fan, and yeah, uh, Patterson. You see uh, similarities in his style of play, but it seems like he's more. They've they're now pushing him to a running back role instead of like a Joker role. So it's yeah. um, I mean, I, I can't believe how it's panned out, and he's having a great year. Um. I think that he's going to be a tough matchup for Carolina. Carolina's, I don't think Cam Newton's playing well, despite, um, you know, despite the career he's had in the past, but he's had nagging injuries, in my opinion. Doesn't, he's not accurate with the football, and Christian McCaffrey's now done for the year, too. Um, I I don't love Atlanta, but if you're going to give me them plus three against a team like Carolina, I, I'm going to take it. And did we talk last week about Christian McCaffrey's injury? It seems like that's going to be yeah. kind of what he is i hope not because he's very explosive and exciting to watch but i saw somewhere they were all running backs like dalvin cook is hurt saquon barkley is hurt nick chubb missed some time um derrick henry is hurt you know so it's maybe it just the reality like, of yeah. the position it's tough to pay one of those guys yeah and and then you see it and you know they're not running for 12 years not yeah most and of then them you pay them like look what happened to leave bell yeah all right let's get into all right, number three, I'm going to take uh, Tampa Bay this week, minus three against Buffalo. 
Okay. All right. Uh, Where's Tampa this game Bay Is the home team. Okay. Um, Tom Brady is playing at MVP level. He is, in my opinion, I would give the award to him today. Um, um, Tredavious White, um, done for the season. So look for uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Gronk, who is now back and looks phenomenal at the tight end position. <laughs> I saw his touchdown. I don't he understand how I don't understand how he gets like so wide open. Yeah, no, he's just he's just a he's big a, body. He's like, enormous. Like how I don't understand how he gets separation just physically from people. Yeah, I don't get that. Or you know, he can't just be incredible at reading zone coverage yeah. like that. You know, like <laughs> he might be just, like a savant or something. But like he, I never see guys who like stumble and bumble and then make like a hell of a catch like somehow, and it just sticks to his hands, and then he's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I. This is the third game this season where he's caught at least two touchdowns. Yeah, it's like he's how they talk about well, Lynn Swan uh, doing ballet and being like you know beautiful to watch him play. Rob Gronkowski is not that. He's just the opposite. Yeah, he, he's like Daniel Jones in the open field tripping over his own leg. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's what it seems like. Um, but yeah, I just see inconsistent play in Buffalo too. Um. People love Buffalo, and I think they're kind of an overrated team at the moment. Um, the start of the year, if it was like, who do you like out of the AFC besides Kansas City? I'd say, eh, I guess Buffalo, but you know, I never lo- loved it. Um, yeah. Outside of like, you know, they don't run the ball well. Outside of Stephon Diggs, they don't have any offensive playmakers. Um, yeah. You know, for Josh Allen, I think Tampa Bay's um, g- going to win. They're... They're looking to get a number one seed. They, um, and you know, they just play consistent. I, yeah. I think that offensively, Tom Brady's playing the best football uh, among anyone in the league. Look for him to protect the football and look those, for them. To those win. receivers he has too. Chris Godwin made an amazing catch. Mike Evans made a great sideline catch. Yeah, yeah. Plus, like I said, Gronkowski, AB will be back. They're built for a deep playoff rush again. And is AB suspended? Yeah, he got suspended for uh, I was just a fake COVID card. Was it just one yeah. game? Three. Oh, and wait, he was out for three games already? Well, he missed time from injury. Now he's suspended. Oh, I thought you said, games. I thought you meant he'd be back next game. Oh, no, no. But for, for the playoffs. <laughs> um, yeah, one thing after another with that guy. He's out for the playoffs. No, no, he'll be back for the Oh, he'll okay. I'm sorry. I missed. I missed. Yeah. I was going to say, are there only three <laughs> games left this season that I didn't know about? Yeah, so there's that. I, I've been so impressed with Leonard Fournette catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, He was borderline getting cut last year, you know, the famous story said, and then he just had the best play. Like, if they had a Con Smythe like they do in hockey for playoff MVP, maybe Fournette takes it last year. He's just... Playoff money, right? I've been impressed right? with his play this past year and a half. Yeah. He... he... He's one of those guys coming out of LSU, right? He was, you know, stouted as the, the top running back and then didn't kind of pan out. Uh, he had some good, you know, bursts of, you know, star power, but mm-hmm. it didn't really pan out. I mean, Jacksonville sucks. Yeah, I feel he felt like he was better than he was, too. And then I think Bruce Arians just, like, kind of shrunk him down to size. He's like, this is your role here. Embrace it or get cut. He yeah. embraced it and then... You know, over time, he got back into the lineup, you know, injuries to other guys, and he hasn't looked back. He's if been you, phenomenal. If you can be a reliable guy that can, like, catch the ball for Tom Brady, like, you're going to find a role. Like, look at Kevin Falk. 
Yeah, and like he's no Kevin Falk or James uh, White who's catching the ball, and you know, yeah. this is a powerful man yeah. who's yeah. catching the ball and running through it. He is going to run through your D backs, and he's going to outrun your linebackers. Yeah. So he, you know, that could be something to watch. For. He, I think he Tampa too, Bay. By the way, um, when when you made the comment a few weeks ago about. Uh, the player number switches and how yeah. Tredavious White looks good in seven. Leonard yeah. Fournette looks good in seven, too. I was just going to say, Leonard Fournette's seven is growing on me a little bit. And he wore that in college, right? Yeah, he, the 27 he wore, it seemed like I can't be seven, so I'll be 27 because I'm forced into this. Yeah. It's an ugly number. It, it just didn't look good on him. And then yeah. seven. Seven just looks great on Leonard Fournette. Yeah, seven. Well, seven's a good jersey number to have. You know, yeah, yeah. Sixty-five I, I doesn't look good. Yeah, but there's something about I don't know that Bucks uniform that that style of back. I don't know. Set seven looks good on him. <laughs> All right, calm down <laughs> there. It's still no work done. The OG, one of my favorite running backs ever, play the game. Work done. An overall good guy. Check out work done <laughs> stuff. He does some crazy stuff for you know to help people out. I think he builds houses for people, oh, like wow. single moms that need it. All right, let's uh, let's move along though. Number four. Yeah, number four. So, yeah, let's forget about the guy who's building houses to talk about what really matters, football. <laughs> Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to take the Chargers this week. I take the Chargers a lot, and they seem to disappoint uh, more often than not, but I'm taking them this week. Minus ten and a half. Oh, that's Against good. the Giants. <laughs> Whenever there's a spread like that, I'm like, is it going to be the Jets? Is it going to be the Jags? Is it going to be the Texans? Or is it going to be the Giants? <laughs> and this is what I'm doing. Uh, Chargers scored 41 points twice in the past three weeks. They look um, good against Cincy. They did offense. When they click, they explode. Justin, um, I want to see more consistency out of their play, though. Justin Herbert has a cannon. He does, and... Uh, He's fourth in passing yards and eighth in rushing yards among quarterbacks. Um, most importantly, though, uh, Daniel Jones still deal, dealing with the neck injury. He's not playing. Mike Glennon got concussion. He's not going to play. Jake Fromm under center this week. Loved. Year two. <laughs> Year two, Jake Fromm after getting cut by the Bills. Um I, I don't know anything about this guy. He has not played an NFL snap. Um, he came out of Georgia his junior year. Um, he was a good college quarterback, but I don't know why he didn't say a senior year. Um, if you're not going to be a, a top uh, uh, 40 pick, I, I, I don't think you come out. No, that makes it. And plus even he not even college quarterback. Yeah. He's a. Uh, he, he's one of those on NCAA football, if they would have made one for this past year. He's one of those guys who has a good overall, but you know he's not going to be good in the pros. You know, Omar like Jacobs. Sam Keller. <laughs> he's like a Sam Keller, Jared Zabransky type. You know? Yeah. Or, Omar uh, Jacobs. That uh, quarter, uh, the OC on Dallas, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. J Jake Fromm's the guy who uh, you go to change the, the roster names. You know, you're changing, uh, oh, that that's Bryce Young. That's, uh, that's Johnny Manziel or whoever. And then, like, the third best quarterback, Quarterback number four from Georgia, Jake Fromm, 98 overall. He's going to be a beast on your draft class. However, in reality, we know he's lucky to go in the fifth round. This sounds very specific, JP. 
Yeah. <laughs> so how does that guy match up in his first NFL start? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm going to. Can he match up? Can he be as good as Mike Glennon? <laughs> right, right. The great um, Mike Glennon or Danny Mike. Dimes. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're the backup to Daniel Jones, you have issues. If you're the third string to <laughs> Daniel Jones, you really have issues. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, where did Daniel right? Jones go to college? Duke. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that totally makes sense. Mike Glennon, NC State. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so uh, two Jake North Fromm. Carolina guys. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, biggest take from Jake Fromm was the only thing I really remember um, was a uh, college game day sign when they make their funny signs. Someone, I forget who it was, was playing Georgia, and they had a sign that said Jake Fromm. Um, State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my that, that's what I know. About <laughs> that's your scouting report. <laughs> scouting report. He was a pretty good college quarterback that won't be good in the NFL, but will be good on video games. And he's Jake from State Farm. <laughs> right. Let's get into. Uh, well, you're taking Chargers. Uh, Chargers ten and a half. Um, Herbert versus the sky. Get Herbert. <laughs> Number five. Five. We're, we'll go to the AFC North this week. Baltimore, Cleveland. I'm going to take Baltimore plus two and a half. And where is this game played? Um, Cleveland. Oh. Um, I've got to watch uh, Cleveland past few weeks and Baltimore this week. And I'm going to say Baltimore is not playing well. Lamar Jackson is not playing good football, and they're hurt at corner now. Uh, Marlon Humphrey done. Yeah. Having that's, said all of that, that's great to see like for a Steeler fan. Yeah, yeah, huge. Having said it, I still like Baltimore this week. They get the points in the better quarterback. Um, Lamar is 5-2 and two versus Cleveland in his career. Baker just looks hurt and bad with these injuries. Um, Case Keenum time for sure. <laughs> Keenum was in. I would take a minus double the Charger spread, but, you know, with Baker Mayfield in. Um, Wait, could, could this be an exclusive when, when Baker Mayfield's done? Did the Cleveland Browns go on a run? Does that rhyme? When Baker's done, <laughs> Cleveland's run? Oh, no. Hashtag Case Keenum. I, I, on, I think hashtag Keenum is, on the case. <laughs> Keenum is the better play at this point, and I don't know why they would put him in. And that's not us just advocating for him as the premier Case Keenum <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Not just nationally, but internationally. Oh, uh, yeah. As far as we know. But <laughs> we're definitely top six. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, there might be like, uh, you know, like college fan, like the boosters at somewhere in Houston who's just like, you can't play like Case Keenum. Listen to our show on how great he was. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Buddy Garrity. Yeah. The, <laughs> Buddy Garrity. Yeah. J- J- Jason Street, I tell you. I mean, uh, Case Keenum never would have made that tackle because he never would have thrown that interception. You heard it here first. <laughs> and that's why Baltimore is going to win is strictly because Keenum's done. Well, <laughs> anyway, Baker, in my opinion, the past few weeks I've watched him play, he has like four different injuries. He is playing through them, and it is hurting his team. They are not putting points up on the board, and it's hurting It's hurting them. Um they don't have the playmakers at receiver, and I don't think that they're going to match up well with Baltimore. What they do well is run the football with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And, you know, a run-first team against a team without corners, I mean, that 
benefits Baltimore in a way because now you're forcing Cleveland to do what they don't do well, which is throw the ball. And Baker Mayfield's record throwing the football, you know, instead of running it, is significantly, the one percentage significantly worse. Um, and in the first matchup from two weeks ago, Baltimore won by uh, 16 to 10. Nick Chubb totaled 39 yards total. Yeah. Hunt, 20 total yards. That includes rushing and receiving. Um, so the oh, running backs they held in check. Yeah. Um, and Baltimore, they, they just controlled the clock. And if you've watched Cleveland at all these past few weeks, they're getting three and outs. They're getting off the field quickly. They're not putting points on the board. Um, and at their first matchup, Cleveland had the ball for just under 23 minutes while Baltimore controlled it for about 37 minutes. I think Baltimore is going to control the game. They're not going to commit stupid penalties and they're the better coach team. And I think that they're going to outplay Cleveland because Cleveland just might beat themselves. Well, you heard it here. You're a fan of Harbaugh. What do you think of uh, Jim in Michigan? I, I, I'm a fan of both of them. I thought what, um, Jim did with the 49ers was incredible on that run because for a while there they were a disaster they yeah. were almost on like you know the Jacksonville Raiders Browns wagon their bills yeah you're not it. kidding that is right that they, they were down for quite I mean when they had Mike Singletary as their coach and they had uh... outside of uh Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell who are the exceptions Alex Smith looked like a huge bust yeah. And then Harbaugh came, and I mean, say literally saved that guy's career. Um, yeah, they were a competitive team every year. Here's a coach, and M- M- Michigan's been like competitive, but this is the first year they've been great. This is the first year he's beaten Ohio State, and they're getting into the playoff. Um, I think Georgia's gonna beat Michigan in the playoff. I hate to say it. I'm rooting for Harbaugh. I'm rooting for Michigan. Um. You know, I'm a Saban fan too, so Saban or Har- Harbaugh, I'm rooting for. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, you know, definitely not the most popular opinions locally. You love but, Belichick. Um, you love uh... love Belichick. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I like guys who are building something. I mean, like you got to give them credit. Um, if more guy, if you want to be as good as Belichick or Saban, put in the time they put in. Be as yeah. dedicated as they are. Yeah. You know, like those guys are so old to the point now, too, where like, you know, they made their money. They're not doing this because they love the game. and They love like especially for Saban. You could tell like you have to recruit these kids. I I think like he gets pleasure out of like, you know, being a coach to these kids who are coming. You know, some of them come from nothing and some of them come from. You know, just taking that talent and elevating it to, you know. It is kind of like like a cycle that when when you are the best, you kind of bring in the best. So it's easy to stay the best. Yeah, yeah, definitely in a college standpoint, Um, which means for Harbaugh, good for him because he's not Ohio State. Yeah, Michigan's a good school, but they're not Ohio State. They're not uh, what Clemson was. They're not what Georgia is. Um, Yeah, USC. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of, um, you know, both Harbaugh brothers. I think this seems uh, this I seems... would put John in the Hall of Fame when he retires. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I think John Harbaugh is a Hall of Fame coach. Oh wow! You heard it here. And Jim, I think that's like his job that he wants. Like, I don't think he wants the NFL because I think he could coach. He, I don't think he was a bad coach. 
But I think he he went to Michigan, and I think that's what he loves is college football. Mm-hmm. Those guys are just both tone setters. Yeah. Like they can build a culture. Yeah, they well, they're so competitive. Like I I remember growing up. Um, I, I saw I, I think it was before the uh, Super Bowl between them. Uh, you know, like there would be like um commercials or like documentaries and things coming out. About I forgot they played them. each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I remember building up to that. Um, that there was something going around. I forget. I think it was Jim, not John, but like his gym teacher would yell at him because he was too competitive in class. And when he would like tell his dad about it, his dad would say, you will not take that competitive spirit out of my kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like these guys, he sounds like a dick then the the guy, the guy like that in gym. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who, uh, who, thro- like who throws the, the the dodgeball at the girl who like is you know she doesn't <laughs> do anything she just reads practice. and you know eats her hair <laughs> and uh, that's bad breath. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, I feel like, would totally be the kind of guy too to throw uh, dodgeballs at the weakest kid in class. So. Yeah, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> it, it was like the uh, what was I going to say too? He. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, were a family. They had that whole saying thing. It was like, "Who has it better than us?" Nobody. It was like the whole Harbaugh thing. So, like, I feel like those are the guys who just, you, you, you know, they build a culture. Like, he's a special. Like, John's yeah. a special teams coordinator who's now the head coach. Like, they know how to get guys pumped and get them. Their teams, either one of them, are always physical, always well coached. Yeah. And I, I just think. Th- their sense of the game is exactly how it should be. Well, maybe it's something that Jack Harbaugh did. It's, I I hate to say it too because I don't like him, but like the Ball family, like, uh, what's his name? Lons or not Lons? What's the dad's name? Lavar. Lavar. He. I mean, obviously, he could put together a basketball player. Yeah, yeah. He got all three of his kids scholarships in the NBA. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Despite him acting like you know crazy he uh, disappointingly he's faded away from the spotlight i i, I could use another <laughs> yeah. lavar ball like reference oh i'm i'm sure wait, wait till the nba playoffs and something happens and uh, he'll be on twitter or something yeah we gotta get one of his kids a championship or something you know just like <laughs> one of them needs to win a championship with a superstar so he could talk about how he carried the superstar well, and about how uh like Giannis needed his thirty <laughs> yeah, year old son to win a championship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we like seeing him in the news. He's always entertaining. And one last thing before we wrap up to get back to Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if you saw this, but with like the bull incentives, did you see that? He want he got a bunch of money. But um, you know, he had all these in his contract. He had so he can pay his athletes like the rest of the schools. Well, no, he he's getting <laughs> them all, but I guess he's using the money and giving it back to the staff who got their hours cut back and stuff from COVID and laid off and stuff. So he's taking all the money, the extra money, and uh, giving it back to to the staff there. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be respected. Um, yeah, just you know, for the past. You know, he said whatever years. it is, whatever it is, is coming back. So as of now, it's probably a couple hundred thousand. You know, he takes the team to the bowl. He wins a bowl. You know, they, it just keeps going up. But he's already, uh, you know, vowed or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Though. I think it's um, great to recognize this, especially if the tough year everyone's had with the pandemic and everything. You know, just financially trying to make some money while trying to stay safe at the same time. Yeah, you know, it's great to see that. Um, He's able to give back to those who, um, 
you know, you know, quite frankly, without them, um, Michigan football is not, you know, where they are today. So it's yeah. good to, you know, pay respect where it's due. It's good to see that. And especially from like a college football coach, because I don't know that there's a bigger slime ball on the earth than like some of these college football, Brian Kelly, you know, mm-hmm. to do a more local guy. What was his name with uh, high octane from to, he went to Arizona, Todd Graham. Graham. He's the biggest uh, TV pastor I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yes. College football coaches are always great or just shady. Yeah. They're yeah, all con men to me. I mean, mo- uh, yeah, most of them. Most, yeah. Like, even, or Urban Myers seemed to always have some sort of issue that was like behind closed doors. Uh, Urban Myers seems like one of the shadiest dudes ever, probably. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, he he was the coach to that Florida team with all those guys, the Pounces, <laughs> Aaron Hernandez. He was probably yeah. Uh, 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 I saw nothing. Yeah. Eba will pray for you. He'll ask for forgiveness. We did. Yeah. Did, when did that? Uh, uh, we won't stray too much. I'll ask you later. But that Hernandez, that all happened when he was in New England, right? He wasn't in Florida when he murdered. Yeah, yeah. He, he was Odin like, Lloyd or whatever. Probably five years pro or four or five years. Pro. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember reading an article. It was like a, a safety on the. It was like Kerry Rhodes or like somebody. I don't. I don't want to say it was him because it was like it was what he said. But uh, it was like some some safety who like hit him. And he was like, I will murder you. And just, like, looking back on that, like, knowing that he would actually, like, he's a murderer. Yeah. Like, that's just chilling, like, looking back, knowing that you, like, played with this guy. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's so strange. And, like, everything's so unfortunate about, you know, (laughs) everything that happened was, you know, so, um, you know, unfortunate. And it was so, like, shocking like you wouldn't expect like you hear athletes in the news for stupid stuff or you know unfortunately for some violent things but to actually go out and like murder someone yeah and then try to cover it like he was bleaching his house and like it was a real life thing wasn't that yeah it's in it's crazy and he's kind of like the big deal because for my age i was born in 90 so like i wasn't like on you know focused i didn't know what was going on when oj happened so this was kind of like the modern day one for me. And it was like crazy seeing all that. And just him like his demeanor was just chilling because there was like nothing. Yeah, whereas like you could tell like OJ was at least like scared for his life, yeah. whether he was guilty or not one way or another. Whereas like this guy was definitely like, you know, more so like murderous, like habit more like into it plus the one thing with oj oj was retired or like you know he was mm-hmm. he was you know in hollywood he was acting you know yeah, he yeah. was an active training camp tight mm-hmm. end you know who right. who had everything to gain he's a pro bowl tight yeah. end yeah he was great and the only reason why he wasn't better is because they had gronk yeah how unfortunate <laughs> would that be not to like boohoo aaron hernandez like you know what yeah it's me. like you're the third best tight end in the league but you're the second best on your team <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> that would be the worst you know you see that with like quarterbacks like brett Favre blocking aaron Rodgers, and like you wouldn't know that obviously but like you know mm-hmm. but, i was gonna say do you uh see the um uh it's on christmas the uh trailer for like the kurt warner movie i kind of saw i i think I, I saw a trailer like two months ago 
So I was looking into it just to see, like, if there are other players in the movie. Get this. The actor who plays Marshall Falk, his name is O.J. Keith Simpson. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I did my research. Uh, parents aren't horrible. He was na- he was 11 when the whole thing happened. Oh, so. So, yeah. It, it's not a... like they named him O.J. after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if he was 11 when it happened, he would have been born in, you know, the the early 80s, the early to mid 80s, right? Yeah. So how old is he? He would be like 40 now, right? Yeah. And he's playing Marshall Falk from yeah, two- I guess. Huh. 99. Yeah, that's I would yeah. assume it's yeah, the Super Bowl. Unless team. there's like an old Falk and a young one. I, I, it's I, him I, with with Mooch on uh, NFL Total Access. <laughs> How about on NFL AM today? They actually made a statement. They said, I guess uh, Peter Schrager likes to make these super bold statements to get everyone's opinion. But the one today was, should TJ Watt win MVP? I heard that on local radio. And I. The answer is no. I think think it's it's, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I think he deserves Defensive Player of the Year, no doubt about it. Um, MVP, um, absolutely not. I think the team needs to be better. But that's what Kay Adams said. She said, well, you're not even in the playoffs. Yeah. And like, you could be valuable, Kyle, but, like, how Kyle valuable are you when, you, when said, you're outside of the playoffs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that she said that. And then Kyle Brandt was like, well, MVP, I want some valuable with my MVP. Um they're not in the playoffs, so I don't see him as valuable as. And then he said Aaron Rodgers would be his pick. I think, I think as far as defense goes, though, like watching him when he's at his best, and then seeing him when he's out, like he he really is. And like, like I said in previous shows, we've seen James Harrison, Troy Polamalu mm-hmm. win Defensive Player of the Year, and I think the way he's playing, it's just as good as that. Mm-hmm. That's what they said too. They're like, well, when he's not in the game, it's a difference, and um. Uh, what was it? They, yeah, yeah. They said, like, if you take this guy off their team, how good are they? And, like, that's why they also mentioned Aaron Rodgers again. Like, it was bad when he was out and Jordan Love had to come in. But um, – and, and they said there should be a difference between MVP because of the word valuable and the best player. They said maybe you could argue that um, T.J. Watt is the best player this season. Yeah. But then again, like, Aaron Donald would have won MVP many times. It was just the best player. Right. And and that is it's kind of like you know most valuable quarterback it seems like anymore because of how much they have control over. Mm-hmm. And sure, I mean I, I would give it to Brady, and then like Rogers would be my second. But I I heard on the radio earlier as well. Do you, do you know? Uh, I think there's seven Steeler defensive player of the years. You know who they are? Seven of them. Unless it's six with seven wins, because one guy won twice. Okay, let me see. Um, also, but before I guess though, um, I was gonna say. Uh, TJ Watt, what was it about? Oh, he has just tied uh, James Her- or Jason Gilden for, was it most career sacks for, as a Steeler? Oh, or wow. no, I think he tied James Harrison's Steeler record. But is Gilden still number one, or am I totally wrong? I, I That's something we'll have to check. I thought Harrison yeah. had the record, but maybe not. Yeah. So how many guys did you say? I, I think were... I think there's six six defensive player of the years, but there's seven because one guy won it twice. Mm, so one guy won it twice. So six or seven different names. There's okay. six different well, names. I, I know James Harrison and Troy Paul Muller. Well, there's two. So that's two. 
Neither one of them won it twice, though. No. Okay. Uh, Rod Woodson won it one year. Yes. Um, so you have half now. And those are all single wins for those. Three. All single wins. Okay. Like I know those to be factual. And then if I go to the seventies, that's where the rest of the three are. But which ones? Okay. I was going to say I'm going to guess here. Ugh, Jack Lambert. He won one. Okay. Um, I'll say Mel Blunt. Yep. And then one more one won it twice. Are you going to get six out of six? That would be impressive. Okay, because when you initially said you have to guess the other one, I think Jack Hayne would be too easy, so I didn't want to say that. So I was thinking maybe Greenwood or Shell. But when no, I'm saying twice, can, you, uh, can you guess the last one? Not like it's obscure. I mean, like, can you go six for six? Cause yeah, you, yeah, I, I know, but, like, now that you said that he, this guy's won it twice, there's no way it's Greenwood or Shell. So I'm going to go back and say Jack Hayne. Joe Green. Joe, oh, what, what the hell? Yeah, I, I meant, oh, <laughs> I, I forgot. Oh, mean Joe, how do you miss him? The oh, all-time I, greatest oh, stealer. Oh, my God. That's like saying, let's <laughs> New England quarterbacks and forget Tom Brady. Yeah. That's oh what I was God. surprised. I was like, why are you going Greenwood? Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I, I like, thought I already said Joe Green, kind of, but I knew I didn't, and then I forgot he existed. That's kind of impressive. Because I was like, wait, Jack Ham's clearly the answer at this point. Yeah. What's cool about that is the two times they've they've had like in the seventies they had three defensive players three defensive player of the years play together, and it's also cool that it's at each level you have a secondary guy you have a linebacker you have a defensive lineman, and then the same thing in the two thousands with Harrison and Paul Molo. Yeah, yeah. Um, Multiple defensive player of the years on the same team. Right. Yeah. You just uh, they pride themselves on defense. I mean, I don't know any other team that could have done that. Maybe Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, but besides that, I can't remember. I think that might be the only other one. Unless there was, like, maybe in Tampa Bay one one time. It was Derek Brooks and, like, John know, like Lynch Warren or, Sapp or someone. Warren Sapp, yeah, maybe. Something like Probably that. I know of. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think, to the best of my knowledge, uh, the Steelers and Ravens might be the only and, ones. Unless you want to count Rod Woodson for uh, both teams, because Rod Woodson would have played with Ray Lewis. Yeah, yeah, that, that is right. Yeah. All <laughs> right, let's wrap this up, though, JP. Um, and then we'll, you know, everybody listen to uh, the regular Poor Man's Podcast. I had comedian uh, and podcast host Mike Zydell on. Um, he'll be performing at Matt Light's Ugly Sweater Party at the Pittsburgh Improv on December 16th. Shay and myself will be there, so come hang out with us, watch some comedy. It'll be a good night, had by all. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, we have Eric Nesby on next week, so definitely tune in for that. But JP, thank you. Good analysis as always. And, yeah, uh, always. Let's let's get a victory on a short week this week. That's huge. Those, those uh, short weeks, they're they're kind of uh, up in the air too. And then you know Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Uh, this game could go multiple ways, so that's what we can agree on. But uh, JP, thank you for the time. And uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. 
This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast signing off. See you next week. You play to win the game.